Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. We're currently in the middle of a series called How to Tame Your Monster. How to Tame Your Monster. And here's what it is. Monsters are those negative thoughts that we all battle. Monsters are those thoughts that are creeping shadows in the corner of our minds. That's why we see these monsters. Hey, even last uh, Sunday, someone told me, your church is so cool. I said, thank you. Praise the Lord, right? Like, yeah. And he said, yeah, it's really cool. You have those monsters. Like, nobody else was weirded out by that. I said, I don't know. But it helps us with our series that, that, that mind monsters are those creeping shadows in our mind, that the, the, the shadows that feed our insecurities, our worries, and our fears, that thoughts that lead us to irrational anger or maybe undefined depression, that we all have these thoughts. And here's kind of the common denominator. I want you to know that many of us, we have these issues. So turn your neighbor and say, you got issues, all right? Turn your neighbor. You got issues. <laughs> hey, hey, we did this last week too. Tell me you enjoyed that a little too much. All right, you turned your husband or wife, you, you got issues. I told you so. Pastor, this is a man of God right here. I like this pastor. Why don't you turn back to your neighbor and say, so do I. So do I, right? And sometimes we go, my issues are bigger than your issues, right? Like, but we all have these thoughts. We all have these thoughts. But Romans chapter 12, verse 2 we have some good news this morning. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so last week I shared an acronym that started with F, which means focus on the positive. And that's what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Also, A is affirm yourself. We're going to be talking about that next week, but as well as I. In three weeks, we're going to talk about the I in faith, which is imagine. I love this. Imagine God doing something good in your situation. I believe many of us, we've never done that before. We think God's this angry God. He's mad at us. I want to encourage you, just imagine. Imagine what a healthy home looks like. Imagine what a powerful legacy in your family looks like. Imagine what your career can be. Imagine all those things. T is trust. Trust God in all things. H is hope for the best. And that obviously spells faith. It spells faith. Now, many people consider faith. It's maybe another word for religion, right? Like, what's going, what kind of faith are you all about? You're like, Avenue Church. What kind of church is that? An awesome church, right? What kind of awesome church? A life-giving church, okay? Is there denomination? No, it's non-denominational. It's a Christian church. But many of us will use faith to describe religion. Or some of us will consider faith as like a magical word, right? Like, man, you just got to have faith. You're like, what does that even mean, right? You got to have faith. If you have faith, Everything's going to be okay. But how many know that's not necessarily true as well? Maybe another definition of faith many carry with us is positive thinking. Have you ever heard of that? How many heard of positive vibes? How many heard of that? It's kind of a cultural thing right now. And as your pastor, I'm going to help you out because I love you and I love God's word. But have you ever heard someone say like, hey, will you pray for me? Uh, my leg's broken. But I'm sending positive vibes. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? And you're like, I don't need your positivity. I need your healing, right? Like I'm broken over here. I want to encourage you that your positivity isn't going to help my monstrosity called sin. 
So anytime someone says positive vibes, I got to, and, and, and so help me. If you're first time, uh, we love you. This is about as good as it gets, okay? But welcome to the mind of Pastor Jeremy. But positive, like anytime someone's like, I'm sending you positive vibes. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Here's what comes to my mind. Put up that Care Bear picture real quick, right? That's like, that's positive vibes right there. Like, that's, that's, that's what comes to my mind. I'm sending you positive vibes. What color are you, right? Like, some of you can do that better than me, right? <laughs> Stick that thing out there. I don't need your Skittles. Come on, somebody. I don't need your positivity. I need your faith. I need divine inspiration and revelation. That's going to help me renew my mind. That's going to help me get healed up. That's going to help me to know God, to find freedom, to discover my purpose so I can make a difference. That's the kind of positivity that I need in my life. Again, welcome. If you're first time, man, we love you. We're so glad you're here. I encourage you, here's the correct definition of faith. It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. And I love this. I encourage you, if you have your Bibles, get your Bibles out. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a free Bible. Every Sunday we have them available for you. Paperback style, come on somebody. You can get your iPhone out, download version app, follow along with us. If you have an Android or a Galaxy, we're just going to cast that spirit out of you and maybe get an iPhone or Apple in your hands somehow. We'll have, I'll, I'll send that positive vibe towards you, all right? I want to encourage you to take some notes today because this series, I believe, is going to change us. I believe we're going to have fun in this series. God's going to be able to do some incredible things, but I believe this is going to change your everyday, ordinary walking around life. I believe this is going to change your attitude, your mindset, your demeanor. I believe that God's going to be able to do a work in this series during the summer. And so here's what Hebrews chapter 11 says. The fundamental fact of existence is that this is trust in God. I think we've all said it as a young child. How do I know God's real? It's faith. It's trust. I just trust in God. It is the firm foundation. It's, it's, it's the foundation. This is where we begin. It's the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. If you're here today, you feel hopeless. You're here today, you feel like you have no purpose. You're here today, you feel like there's no end result. You feel like you're stuck in a rut. I'm here to tell you, there's the kind of faith that makes your life worth living. That is God kind of faith, the God kind of trust, that God placed good works in you beforehand, and he wants to use you for his praise and his glory. I'm preaching good this morning. Come on, somebody. You might be saying, and realize, please, you feel free to shout me down, clap, uh, because it's not a theological thing. I'm the deaf thing. It's a deaf thing. I can't hear, all right? So please help me out. But I want to encourage you today, faith is trust in God. See, faith is what exterminates the monsters in our life. My wife and I, we had a home on the east side of Las Vegas, and, and where we were at in that area had so many scorpions. I mean, when we first moved in, we were like, we love this house, and we found a scorpion in our master bedroom, and we're like, kill it! I mean, we killed it. We hacked it. We cut it. We did anything we could to kill the scorpion. We were so paranoid. Have you ever, like, found a bug, like one bug, or a deathly scorpion, or a spider, or a black widow, and you fight it, you kill it, and all you think about is it's going to come back. It's, it's brother is going to come get me, right? It's sister's going to show up. It's mama. It's probably packing its bags to come over here and kill me. So we moved our master bedroom, I kid you not, away from the wall into the middle of the room. We were like, good night, right? We were like, I can't do it anymore. It was like Hunger Games for the night. Sorry. I'm here to tell you, what if we had scorpions in our house, but we decided to ignore them? We'd never call them an exterminator. We never had someone come and spray and to destroy and but so many times in our Christian walk, so many times in our life, we just put up with the monsters. Wow. 
But I'm here to tell you, can we have trust in God to exterminate the monsters in our life? I want you to write this down today. When your faith becomes big, your monsters become small. When your faith becomes big, your monsters become small. So we need to focus on the positive. Therefore, we need to feed our faith. But the problem is this morning, and I know this in my own life, the problem is it's easier to feed the monster than it is to feed faith. It's so much easier to say, I can't. I can't. I'm useless. I'm this. I'm that. And it's so much harder to say I'm God's masterpiece, that God can move heaven and earth. God can move on my behalf for his praise and his glory. There's a, there's a monster in our life that's stealing our joy. It's creating fear in our hearts. It's bringing anxiety and worry, depression, or making us angry. It's taking us away from God's plan and God's purpose for our life. There's recently a study, a medical research confirms that those who attend church and behave consistently with their faith. Now, I'm here to tell you, today I don't want to talk about behavioral modification. I don't want to talk about, hey, you need to just change everything, then God will change your heart. Here at Avenue Church, we believe once God changes your heart, your behaviors adapt to your new heart. It just happens. What happens? It's called love. I'm so in love with Jesus. I trust Jesus that my actions begin to change. My behaviors change. But they found that those that went to church and behaved consistently with their faith are less likely to abuse alcohol or drugs or to receive treatment for stress or depression. Now, I did a series last fall called Asking for a Friend. I talked about depression and medicine and doctors. We are for those things. I think that's a tool and a resource. But I'm here to share with you today, there's something powerful about waking up on a Sunday morning and coming to Avenue Church, a life-giving church, hearing the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, getting involved into a small group. There's something powerful that begins to grow your faith, helps us to focus on the positive, and helps us to feed our faith. Helps me to feed my faith. So we feed our faith by renewing our mind. We feed our faith, we grow our faith by renewing our mind. I want you to write this down. We renew our minds so we can recognize the monsters. We renew our minds so we can recognize the monsters. So my title today is not how to tame your monsters, it's how to recognize your monster. How to recognize your monster. You might be sitting here today saying, okay, pastor, uh, focus on the positive. Pastor, I'm not that negative. Like, I'm okay. I love you, pastor, but it's a little chilly in here, and the drive was kind of far, but I am not negative, pastor Jeremy. And here's the problem. I'm going I'm to challenge you today. Hey, I want you to be positive. And when you walk out of this place, you say, all right, I'm going to focus on positivity. I'm going to be positive. Here's what happens. The more you try to be positive, the more you recognize how negative you really were. Some of us were married to our negativity. I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm talking about you're married to the attitude of negativity. It's just how I am. No, it's not being faithful. It's just how I am. I'm encouraging today. You know what? Let's recognize the monsters. But here's, I'm going to give you a life-changing uh, phrase in just a moment. This is going to change somebody's life right here. It is easier to recognize someone else's monster than your own monster. Come on, where are my church people at, right? Amen, pastor, right? <laughs> like, monster, 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 you're cool, I'm out. 
It's easier to recognize other people's monsters than your own. Man, I hope my spouse is listening today. Man, I hope my buddy who skipped church woke up late. I hope they hear this rebroadcast on YouTube. Online audience, welcome. I hope you're listening today. But it's easier to focus on other people's monsters than your own. I want you to write this down. Deal with your monster. Deal with your own monsters. I'm going to encourage you today. You're not in charge of recognizing monsters and others, but we need to take care of ourselves first. See, Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, I love this. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the two by four and to the plank in your own eye? He says, how can you say to your brother, let's take the speck out of your eye, but all the time there's a plank in your eye. This is Jesus. He says, you hypocrite. Remember, he's not angry, but he's being, he's being challenging. He says, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye, then you will see, I love this, clearly. You'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And so be able to think, you know what, let's focus on our monsters. We have a responsibility to recognize our own monsters and to completely deal with them before we start diagnosing them in others. I want to challenge you. In the beginning of Matthew chapter 7, it says, judge not, least you be judged. And so many of us, we take that, right? Like, don't judge me. Come on, somebody. I'm going to encourage you. If you're a uh, if you're a Christ follower, if you are a Christian, we can judge other Christians because I could judge you by the fruit of your living. So as a Christian, I'm able to judge you, but what kind of judging it is? It's grace and it's mercy. Jesus always connected before he corrected. And so that's why we have small groups. That's why we do life with others. We say, hey, listen, I have a monster in my life. Will you keep me accountable? Will you help me? Will you help me tame the monster and to destroy the monster out of my life? But let's tame our monster. So real quick today, if you're taking notes, I have three ways to help us to recognize our monsters. Three ways to help us recognize our monster. Number one is our eternal dialogue. What's your eternal dialogue sound like? Eternal dialogue is that inner dialogue that no one else can hear, but it's on the inside of us. You know, there was a father, and he took his son uh, shopping, and his son was fussy and just angry and upset, trying to grab everything and making noises and crying out and just being a real stubborn child. I know nobody here has that, right? And so he put his son in the shopping cart. He was pushing his son around the grocery store, and he kept saying, it's going to be okay, Albert. And his son's trying to grab things. It's going to be all right, Albert. Albert, good boy, Albert. And all of a sudden, this lady came up. She said, I got to tell you something, sir. Your boy's acting up, but you have so much patience. It's amazing how much patience you have. She turned to the little boy and said, little, little Albert, you need to listen to your dad. And he said, ma'am, his name's not Albert. My name is Albert. That's a good pastor joke right there, huh? How many Alberts are in this place today, right? Don't kill them, Albert. Don't wipe them out, Albert, right? Don't kill them and make another one to give them its name, Albert. But it's that eternal dialogue they have on the inside of us. And I want to encourage you today, the inner dialogue, it either feeds faith or it feeds the monster. And some of us, I think we'd be really embarrassed, myself included, if someone can hear our inner dialogue or internal dialogue. The many of us, maybe it's the monster of fear in our life. 
monster of anxiety, monster of anger, whatever it is. What's your secret? I'm always angry. Okay, Hulk. That was a funny one. Okay, I'll keep going. <laughs> if you stop feeding the monster, eventually it's going to die. Eventually it's going to starve. Eventually it will not have power over us. But the problem is, if we have poor eternal dialogue, only fear will begin to grow. Only the monster will begin to grow. I love what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, uh, verse 6 to 8. Timothy, Timothy is a pastor of a large congregation. Paul comes in and Paul says, therefore, I remind you. And that's what I want to do this morning. I just want to remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but God has given us power, love, and a sound mind. Another translation says a peaceful mind. So God has not given us fear. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. And some of us, you need to screenshot this right now. You get your phone out. You need to Instagram this thing. Take a photo of this thing. Make this your wallpaper. Because the next time you have fear in your heart, you say, God, thank you. You've not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a peaceful mind. Not an anxious mind. Not a worried mind, but a mind of God. To renew my mind. But you know what Paul was doing? He was giving Timothy the freedom to go all out. The freedom to say, don't you let fear stop you. For some of us in this room, that could be a big monster in your life. You got to do what my mentor said. Do it afraid. Just take a step. Even when fear is all around you, the more you step away from fear, the more you're going to have find courage, the more you're going to find bravery, the more you're going to begin to find faith. See, fear is just confusion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, it says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Because he's giving you a spirit of peace. He's giving you a sound mind. So I want to ask you today, what does your eternal dialogue sound like? What does it sound like this morning? I was looking throughout the Bible. There's so many different examples of negative dialogue or, or negative people in the Bible. But one of my favorite positive internal dialogue was a story where Jesus is in a house and it's full of people and, and they're, they're, it's like a mosh pit in there, all right? It's, it is shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. And Jesus in this house, he's teaching and he's hanging out with disciples and other, other people in this house. But the Bible begins to introduce to us a woman who had an issue of blood for over 12 years. An issue of blood. Theologians believe she couldn't even move. She couldn't even uh, walk. So she crawled. And for some reason, she began to have positive internal dialogue in the most negative circumstances. For some reason, she woke up that day and she said, today's the day that if I could just get to Jesus, if I could just get to church, if I could just get into the house. And she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. What is that? That's positive internal dialogue. She's feeding faith. And maybe she got sick and tired of feeding fear for 12 years. I don't know what it was. But she said, enough is enough. And the Bible says she crawled and she pushed people away. And she said, if I could just touch his hem, if I could just touch an article of clothing, if I could just touch Jesus. And the Bible says she touched him and boom, she was healed. Instantly healed. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus goes, who 
touch me. And the disciples were like, Jesus is acting crazy again, all right? Jesus, everybody's in here, all right? It's an introvert's worst nightmare, right? You're like, no, no, I hate this place, but Jesus is here. And Jesus is like, let's everybody hang out. I'm an extrovert. Come on, somebody. But Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Somebody with healthy, eternal dialogue, somebody full of faith, somebody who had enough touched me, and they were instantly healed. So what does your eternal dialogue sound like? But number two, this is real good. Come on. Don't shout a pastor down. But number two is your mood. Your mood. Your, <laughs> look at people. Mm. Your mood. How healthy is your mood? You know, as a pastor, I can see the health of your mind by looking at your mood. Now you might be saying, your eternal dialogue right now might be like, prove it. I heard that, all right? It's the Spirit of God. I heard it. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, in the Amplified Version, says, be continually renewed. I love that. Renew your mind. But it says this, be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual, say it everybody, Attitude. attitude. The Bible defines your mood as a spirit of your mind. That's good. When I read that this week, I said, oh, man. (laughs) But remember, you're responsible for your own monsters, your own mood. The Bible really believes if you change the way you feel, you change the way you feel by changing the way you think. There is power in your eternal dialogue, but there's also power in the way you think. So next time you're angry or sad or depressed or whatever mood you're feeling, I want you to ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? And maybe it's time to renew your mood or to renew the spirit of your mind. So I gave you some examples today. And next time you're feeling moody or angry or sad or, or just anything that's contrary to the Word of God, I want you to write this down. Renew it by music. Listen to worship. You know how hard it is to argue with somebody when you got worship in your home, right? When you're like, shut up over there. God is good, right? You're like, oh no. I hate you. You didn't deserve it. Number two, speaking God's word. The Bible says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By hiding the word in your heart. How do you hide God's word in your heart? You do it by memorization. And you memorize by reciting it verbally. So it's one thing to read it, which is number three. But it's another thing, number two, to speak it out. I am God's masterpiece. Or maybe when you're afraid, thank you, you've not given me a spirit of fear. That belongs to the enemy. That's the devil. I believe that God's given me power, love, and a sound mind. Number four is affirming yourself. We're going to talk about that next week. How do I affirm myself? Number five is prayer. For some of you, maybe you got to have a, what we call a smoke break at work, all right? I'm taking a smoke break. Do you smoke? No. And it's actually a prayer break. And you can get in a prayer room. you got like, Jesus, help me. God, I need your faith today. Father, I need you for your praise and your glory. Come on, somebody. I just gave you an extra 30 minutes at work to break. <laughs> but number three, how do I recognize my, uh, monsters? Number three, by your conversation. I can hear the health of your mind by listening to your conversation. Now, thank God I'm deaf, so I can't eavesdrop, okay? (laughs) But when you mean my conversation, maybe you're married in this place, and 
Maybe you're ready to go to Night Out at Avenue Church. Can we have that picture real quick? I love that group photo, ADD, total ADD moment. But, man, look at that Night Out last Friday. Give it up for our team. That's awesome. We had a great time. I'm so sorry. You can put that away, ADD moment. But maybe you're ready for Night Out, and, and you're, you're, maybe you're, you're a wife, and maybe your husband comes out. And you're, it's date night. Come on, somebody. But he comes out, and he's like all goofy dressed, and you're like, what is wrong with you? He's like, what? Right, this is what I always wear. Like, why are you wearing that stupid tie, right? Like, why don't you look like those other people? Why are you doing that? What is wrong with you? I can't believe it. You're so... I can hear the health of your mind by listening to your conversations. Sometimes I hear it every week where I say, hey, can you go to growth track? Next week's growth track, step one. Man, will you get involved in a small group? I begin to hear the conversation. No, I, I, I can't. Or, or no, God won't use me. Or man, you don't know my past, Pastor Jeremy. And I'm here to tell you, God's not concerned about your past. He wants to heal your present so you can have an amazing future. That's what God wants to do in your life. But I want to encourage you, many Christians were saved. We're going to heaven, but the problem is we're on our way to heaven, but our life can feel like hell because of our mind, because of our negativity. We're always vocalizing the negative in our life. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. I'm so convicted by this. Remember, condemnation means I can't change. That does not belong to God. But conviction means, man, if my mouth says something, God, what's the status of my heart? What am I watching? What am I listening to? What am I surrounding myself with? I'll be able to be able to watch my conversation. Do you constantly talk about drama and gossip? Do you funnel gossip through prayer? You need to hear about so-and-so. They're really jacked up, but pray for them. No! Do you always verve off to the negative when you start out positive? When you wake up and go, what an amazing day. Oh, man, it's cloudy and rainy. I got to go to work on Monday. I hate my life, right? Like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? I'm going to ask you, what does your conversation sound like? What is your mood like? What is your internal dialogue like? I'm not talking about on Sunday morning. It's really good on Sunday morning, right? You come in the house of God, you're like, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Then you get in the car, you say, shut up. Stop talking. Don't touch anything. But what's it sound like on Monday? What's it sound like in your privacy of your home? I want to encourage you, what's coming out of your mouth is connected to your heart. And please, church, tame the monster or it'll begin to destroy your heart. But here's what I love. Sometimes um, we, we create lists. So raise your hand in this place if you're a to-do list person. To-do list. My wife put up, hi, Pastor Lindsay. Come on, somebody. To-do list people. Look at this. These are people that get it done, all right? Join the Connect team. Join the administration. Join the AT. Please help us. We need help, all right? Raise your hand if you're a, if I feel like it list, right? It might get that list, right? There's my people over there. Come on. Where's my people at, right? Like, you did something today. I know. I felt like it. <laughs> it was a good day. <laughs> if I get all my Netflix shows done, I might do it. But sometimes when we're on the spiritual rehab, when we walk out of here, we say, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I'm ready to have a fresh start, a do-over. Sometimes we walk out of here with a don't do this list, right? Walk out of here and say, okay, uh, uh, you know what? To be a good Christian, I'm going to stop cussing. Come on, that's good. So do not cuss. All right, good. Come on, somebody. 
Right? Do not cuss. Maybe I mean, maybe uh, do not do not go clubbing on Saturday night. Well, maybe that, that's a little tough right now. Come on, Pastor Jeremy. I got you 11 a.m. Come on. Maybe it's another, you know, don't do, don't be angry. Don't be unbearable to live with. Whatever your don't do list is. But the problem with a don't do list becomes about rules in that relationship. The problem with a don't do this list, law becomes a Pharisee moment instead of a grace moment. See, Pharisees are the ones that put Jesus on the cross. Pharisees are the ones that found fault in Jesus who was faultless. That's not the kind of life that God wants you to live. But what I want you to do today is I don't want you to do a don't do this list. I want you to walk out of here with Jesus in your heart, your life full of faith. But I want you to walk out of here with a do it like this list. Because the problem with a don't do this list, it takes your mind from the good to the negative. That's all you're thinking about. That's all I'm thinking about. If you walk out of here and say, okay, don't gossip, don't gossip, don't gossip, don't gossip, don't gossip. Hey, did you hear? Oh my God, yes, tell me. That's all you can think about. I want to encourage you today, do a, do it like this list. Do it like this list. Begin to list the positive things in the Bible. Begin to list, uh, you know what, it's when gossip comes my way, I'm going to speak life. I'm going to be positive. I'm not going to be negative. I'm going to speak words of life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, the New Living Translation. It says, don't use any, uh, I'll use this one, don't use, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So that's a, do, don't, don't do this list, but only what is helpful for building others up and according to their needs that may benefit those who listen. So what's going to happen today? I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to exercise my do it like this list. I'm going to begin to change my environment, change my family, change my children, change my workplace. Why? Because I'm going to build people up. Instead of being a negative downer, I'm going to be the encourager. I'm going to encourage people all around me. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character. But sometimes corrupt character tends to find each other. You will always find someone who will agree with you. This is so terrible. This church or this family or this place, I promise you, a corrupt character finds another corrupt character. And they say, you're so right. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're building up negativity instead of faith. I want to encourage you today. Instead of, instead of don't do this list, I want you to have a do it like this list. So here's your monster challenge for this week. I want you to create your own personal, whether it's private, whether it's between you and your small group, maybe, maybe between you and someone else in your life that you can trust and say, here is my do it like this list. This is what I'm going to do. Instead of stop blank, I want to do what God's will is, his perfect, his good and pleasing will for my life. I want to encourage you to do that. Anytime you're feeling anxious, read God's Word. Anytime you're angry, put worship in. Maybe some of the most holy thing you can do is get yourself some Bluetooth headphones, stick those in. Maybe it looks like a hearing aid so no one else can call you out. And you got to put worship on your phone through Spotify and put worship on in your heart to say, I just need a praise break. I just need a moment to be able to renew the spirit of my mind. Speak life-giving words over your life? How is your internal dialogue? How is your mood? 
but also how's your conversation? Now, these are all great things, and I want you to do that this week. I want you to walk out here today. I want you to write it down. Maybe don't even leave this room until you write a, do it like this list. Because you know what your monsters are. You know the areas that, man, ah, this is it. I want you to create a, do it like this list. But you know, Isaiah chapter 61, this has been heavy on my heart this week. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, says, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Many people are here today. There's so many monsters in our life or negativity or sadness or sorrow. But many of us in this room, we, have to, we just have a spirit of heaviness. We're just heavy. Worn out. Pushed down. Put out. We're just heavy. If you feel like we have joy or purpose in our life, I want to encourage you today that when you begin to recognize the monsters in your life, when you begin to focus on God's Word, when you begin to worship, when you focus on the positive, you know what begins to take place? Joy shows up. Joy shows up. And I want to encourage you today, joy only comes from God. True joy comes from God. Part of the A-team, we want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, but our values in the A-team is we want people to love God. We want people to love people. We pursue excellence in all that we do, but then we choose joy. It is a choice that we make as a Christian, as a Christ follower, but that joy only comes from God. And worship is wonderful. I love worship. But man, there's something about praise. Praise is excitement. Praise is joyfully giving God all the glory. You might be saying, I got nothing to praise God for. You're here, aren't you? You're alive, aren't you? You say, God, thank you that I'm still here. Thank you that I'm still breathing. Thank you. I'm still living. But God, thank you that you have a plan, a purpose for my life. Thank you. You didn't kick me to the curb, but you're going to use me to make a difference in the city of Las Vegas, make a difference in my family. But that's what true joy is. And you know, Acts chapter 2, they were all together in, in the upper room. And the Bible said when the, when, the, the, when, the, when the day of Pentecost fully came, there's the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, filled them with the Holy Spirit. It was tongues of fire on them. And they all began to speak and pray and sing in the Holy Ghost. And you know what the city all around them said? They said, they are drunk with wine. You know what that means? It wasn't like, we're filled with the Spirit. Praise God. That was so good, right? Oh my gosh. It meant they got crazy. It meant they got vocal. It meant they were cray-cray. Come on, somebody. They were excited. Because that's what true joy is. Joy comes from God. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. And I love that they said they were drunk with wine. Well, how many of those they were? They were drunk with the Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Joy doesn't come from anywhere else except from God. It doesn't come from anywhere else but except God. But for so many of us, we have a coping mechanism to find joy. Man, I got to get away from this because I need joy. I just need a night of joy. I just need an evening to escape it all and to find some temporary joy. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, do not 
get, uh, therefore do not be foolish for the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine. Do we have that? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, instead, be filled with the Spirit. But here's my challenge for us today. Put that other slide up. Go back, go back, go back. Do not be drunk with, do not get drunk on wine. So Aaron in Acts chapter 2, sound of a mighty rushing wind. They said they're drunk on wine. And here the Bible defeats and says, do not get drunk on. But I want you to fill that blank in for yourself. For some of us, we, we get drunk on food. We get drunk on our coping mechanism. You, you know what? Just for one night, I'm going to have a timeout. I'm going to get out of jail car. I'm going to get drunk on that person. That thing. That online thing. That whatever it is. That I could just find a moment of joy, but at least a debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So here's our don't do list, but here's do it like this list. Go ahead in the next slide. Be filled with the Spirit. Go back to the Scripture. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, with hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to God. Where do we find joy in praise, in worship, in music? You know, church, I can't stop your pain. I don't know there's a lot of people in this room, you're hurting. And my heart breaks for you. See, I can't stop your pain, but I can get you a different way to find joy. Joy is going to last much longer than one night. Joy is going to last much longer than a month, a week, or even a year. This is going to joy that's going to last for eternity. Because I want you to know God so that you can find freedom, so you can discover your purpose, so that you, yes, you can make a difference. And there's this old song that we used to sing way, way, way back in the day. And I love this song, and it came back to my memory this week in this message writing. And it's called The Heart of Worship. And it simply is, when the music fades and all that's stripped away, and I simply come. And here's the chorus. The worst team's going to help me out here. Here's the chorus. I'm coming back. And it's all about you. It's all about you. Right here. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. It's all about you. It's all about you. Sing that one more time. Instead of a don't do this list, I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to strip everything away. When the music fades, I'm going to focus on God. Because God, it's all about you. God, I'm sorry. God, I repent. But I'm coming back to the heart of worship. So will you stand with me, please, just for a moment? And we're going to go into one of our songs at Avenue Church. But I want you to raise your hands. I want you to lift your voice. And for just a moment, begin to ask God for joy. In just a moment, begin to ask God for peace. Instead of being drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, I'm going to sing songs. I'm going to raise my voice. I'm going to sing praise. I'm going to say, God, thank you so much for helping me defeat the monster in my life. God, thank you so much for no more negativity. God, God, thank you so much for doing a praise and a work in my life. Let's sing that next song real quick, worship. I want to just praise God to 
this morning. Give them a moment. This is summer at Avenue Church. Prayer team, come on up forward real quick. If you need prayer, come to the work prayer team. But let's sing this song to say, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. Reckless love of God chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the night. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself. Come on, keep worshiping. If you need prayer, man, go ahead, come on up. We've never done this before. Reckless love of God. Come on, everybody, Coming lift your voice. Lift your voice. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. All the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. I believe God's doing the work in your hearts this morning. You all want to end with this story. Because there was a very wealthy man. And he started a town in the middle of Mississippi, in the state of Mississippi. And he had one of his best friends named Rodney. So he named the town after his buddy Rodney. And this town became a thriving, rich town because it was right off the river of Mississippi. And how many know the river of Mississippi? It's got a lot of curves and moves and zigzags. But this town, since it was right on the river in the 1800s, it was where the trade took place, it's where the port of entry was, it's where people would stay and spend money, and it's where business began at Rodney. Rodney, uh, Mississippi was so uh, thriving, it was so popular, that it was three votes away from becoming the state, of, or becoming the, the capital of Mississippi. But because of the river had zigzags, debris began to build up where Rodney, Mississippi was. And because debris began to build so much that, that finally one time in the 1900s, from 1800s to the 1900s, there was so much debris from the river that actually moved the town three miles away from the river. A lot of people began to move and move away from Rodney, Mississippi. But to this day, the population of Rodney, Mississippi is zero. And the only thing that is left standing, the only structure that is there is an old abandoned church building. The church building where people go and worship, people go and pray and sing songs and hear God's word. But now that church used to be right next to the river and is now three miles away from the source. How many of you are here today? Maybe you have the debris of sin just building up in your heart. There's so much debris in your life that is pulling you further and further away 
from the river of life. And that is Jesus, the source of joy, the source of hope, the one who loves us. And I'm here today to tell you some good news. That you say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior. The Bible says God clears away the debris. God begins to have a work in progress. God begins to work on our hearts. So with every head bowed, if I close, if you're here today, and you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to take a step today. Pastor, I came in here with no hope, with no purpose, with no joy in my heart. But today, I'm ready to give Jesus my life. Pastor, will you pray a prayer with me? I'm not asking you to join our church. I would love that. But that's not what I'm asking today. I'm simply asking you today, can I pray a prayer with you? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you come forward. All I want you to do is put a hand up and put it right back down. If that is you, say, Pastor, will you pray with me? Up, yes. Anyone else? Up, down. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes. Put it right back down. Yes. Right back down. Anyone else? Up and right back down. I'm ready to see God clear the way the debris in your life. I'm ready to see God create a new creation in Christ Jesus that you're going to freak some people out. Why? Because there's joy in your life. Because God's giving you a plan and a purpose for your life. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, we all pray this prayer together at Avenue Church. But I want everyone to lift your voice and say, Jesus, I need you. Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. So today, I give you my life. I give you everything. I want you to shout this out. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody, give God a shout. Give God a praise today. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message.
Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.